0: episode of the Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by Pella windows and doors you know a new set of windows or a new door can do a lot of things for you it can change the look the feeling and the vibe of your home it can make your home the talk of the neighborhood plus it can add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient Pella checks all those boxes and then some Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home and work with the folks at Pella second to none so now is the time Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. I was a quarterback in high school, so you know I like to throw that thing around the yard a little bit. But you know I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the Runza game. That's an original Runza cheeseburger. It's onion rings double-dipped in the homemade batter, a little bit of pop to Top it off, and you know what? In football, you establish the run. Well, at lunch, you establish the runza. It's that simple. Get to runza today and get yours. Tell them your friend Nick Ba sent you. All right, welcome back into the podcast. Uh, We are in full football mode right now, and it feels great. It's exciting. Husker game week, Big Ten football kicking off this Saturday, and we got a very special podcast on deck for you today. On the pod today, Joel Klatt. Fox college football analyst. He's on the call this Saturday for Nebraska and Ohio State on Fox. So he's the perfect guy to bring on to pick his brain and and hear his thoughts on a bunch of things with Scott Frost and Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey and that quarterback battle, this Nebraska rebuild, what the first two years of Frost and Lincoln has been like to him. Uh, and then just the monster that that. Nebraska is waiting for them in Ohio State in in this ballgame coming up on Saturday afternoon and so much more. I mean, Joel Klatt was money uh, like he always is, and that's just it. I tell people all the time, Joel Klatt is a top five analyst in any sport right now. He is just tremendous, and he's a guy that that – I look up to as a fellow analyst you know he motivates me to want to step my game up when I put the headset on for for college hoops he's just a stud I'm a huge fan of this guy so this was really really fun to get him on the podcast Husker fans you guys are really really gonna enjoy this conversation so let's get to it here is my podcast chat with Fox college football analyst Joel Klatt well, on the line now is Joel Clapp, Fox College football analyst. will be on the call for Nebraska and Ohio State this Saturday on Fox. Joel, I appreciate the time. It's It's got to feel good that, that you see a Big Ten game on the schedule because for a little bit it, it looked like we weren't maybe going to see any Big Ten football this season.
1: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, this is um... – I, I was pessimistic, to say, <laughs> to say the least, uh, multiple times. But uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that we're at this point. I think it's good for the, for the athletes and, and these young men. Um, I think it's going to be awesome for the fan bases. I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, something that we can all get behind. And, and I know Nebraska fans and Ohio State fans alike are just so excited to get to Saturday and, and watch their teams compete. I want to get
0: right into Nebraska, Joel, because from a broad standpoint, let's talk about Scott Frost's first two years at Nebraska. Because full disclosure, one of my best friends is actually the inside linebackers coach, Barrett Uh, Rude. So I'm a big Scott Frost fan. But when he arrived, he was the reigning national coach of the year. Uh, You know, he was undefeated at Central Florida. And so I think it's fair to say that the first two years have been a little bit disappointing for Frost at at Nebraska, back-to-back losing seasons, no bowl appearances. What have your impressions been of Frost so far at Nebraska?
1: Well, it's a great question. The first year, I just knew it was going to be a massive undertaking because the last time I've actually done a Nebraska game was the year prior. And we did the Ohio State game. In Lincoln and Nick, I don't know if you remember, but that was just a, a, I mean, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, when Scott came in, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be turned around immediately. Like it just was unrealistic. So when they started 0 six, I was like, Oh man, I, you know, I know that that's not good, but you know, I still believe in him. And then obviously that had, they had that great run at the end of the season where they played so much better. So I think that, that season wasn't disappointing for me. I think last season was, and and I think it was for him as well. I thought that they, they felt like they were better than what they showed. Um, obviously, injuries have a lot to do with that. Uh, I thought that the poor O-line play, you know, specifically, I didn't think that their O-line played all that well. And, and, you know, I think Adrian regressed a little bit. So all things considered, I think this is a big year for them and a year in which – covid happens yeah. and then you get thrown this schedule via the big 10 and you're like oh okay so like what is success this year for nebraska i'm, I'm not sure um but has it been an overall disappointment no I, has it been a bigger challenge than i think even scott realized yes
0: yeah i think that's a fair way to put it because I'm, I'm right there with you i really think last year was was if you want to frame it a disappointment way more in that category than, than year one, I, to even, I guess as we're taking even more broader steps back here, your, your boy Colin Cowherd, who I actually love and I think is awesome, but he called Nebraska a C level job over the summer. How would you frame the Nebraska job as it fits into the overall landscape of college football in 2020?
1: Well, you have to look at at a few different factors when you're looking at h- how quality or, you know, challenging a job is. And and one of those factors and and one of the major factors is natural recruiting base. And so when you don't have a natural recruiting base locally, then it becomes really really difficult. This this job is, you know, 90% recruiting and 50% football. <laughs> if you want to you know, borrow a little like uh, Yogi, Yogi yeah. if you will. And, and if you're not getting the players, it's just going to be such a challenge. Uh, look at the playoff. The playoff is a great example. Uh, did you know that the, there's only been three participants in the college football playoff um, that did not average a top 15 class in the four previous years to their appearance. And it was Oregon in the first year. Michigan State in the second year and Washington in the third year. So after the first three playoffs, Nick, we've never ha- we haven't had one. Yeah. So you've got to recruit at the top end. So these these programs that are trying to play at the top end of their division, their conference, or even college football without having top end recruiting classes, are probably expecting too much out of their staff, out of their program. Um, So you asked me about like the level of job Nebraska is unless you can recruit consistently in a top 15 level, then playoff appearances should not be the bar. Uh, If you want to compete in the Big Ten newsflash, Ohio State is a top five recruiting class every single year. And you're about to see that up close and personal uh, this week. So as far as a job goes, they have the financial support. They've got a great fan base. They've got wonderful tradition. They have everything that you would want outside of that natural recruiting base. And and part of that natural rec- recruiting base was dismantled when they left the Big 12 conference. I'm a little bit more bullish on that job than Colin, but not a ton. I would call it a B minus.
0: Yeah, because I'm totally with, I mean, the you can make a case. All of the changes to the landscape of college football over the last 25 years have all worked against Nebraska and and yeah. when and when yeah. that, when, state that. When, and when that's the case you got to be off the charts in your hires and you have to have great continuity and I think that is two things that you know Nebraska's like Ohio State can have a bad hire and then get that guy out of town and then bring in a guy and it'll snap right back into place and Nebraska isn't like that they've had a a handful of bad hires with Bill Callahan and Mike Riley and there's been zero continuity Joel with the staff it's been a revolving door for you know Luke Gifford is a linebacker that that I think he played for four different defensive coordinators in 5 right. years at Nebraska like you that's that just the deck is already stacked against you and you're just making it even harder on yourself when when you're doing well,
1: that. Well, let me make a comparison to a team within the division uh Nick and and that is is Wisconsin Wisconsin I would argue, isn't any more, you know, in an advantageous geographic spot than Nebraska
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, to be a quality program, would you? No. Uh, I think Nebraska has a far better history and mm-hmm. tradition, wouldn't you agree? Agree. Uh, financially, I don't think that there's much difference. Uh, Nebraska is, is certainly a very financially sound spot. They have the resources needed, wouldn't you agree? Agree. Okay, so then what, what, what's going on, right? So, like, why, why is Wisconsin in recent vintage so much better? Well, you just nailed it. Continuity and hires. Think about what Wisconsin has been able to do. And I would argue that they were able to do it because Barry Alvarez went in as the athletic director, and, and his philosophy overall was maintained. See, I'm a huge believer, Nick, that you you've got to know who you are and how you have success if you're going to achieve any sort of expectation or right. success level. Agreed. And ne- Nebraska chased something that they weren't. So they they you know, they thought, "Well, I'm so, you know, Solich and the option, we just can't do it, guys." Not not thinking to themselves like hey that was a really really good colorado team in 01 mm-hmm. and that was maybe one of the best college football teams ever at miami in 01 and then they kind of just threw it all out the window over the next couple of years and and they they chased something that they weren't i thought that hiring bill callahan was kind of the start of of the downfall everybody knows that but it's because they forgot who they were i would argue wisconsin has done as as good of a job as anybody and i'm talking about outside of the top powers in college football if you're not recruiting in the top five or top six or top seven then then you've got to have an unbelievable identity you've got to know what that identity is how you achieve success why you achieve success and and what makes your program uh successful or unique wisconsin understood that and then over the last 20 years they have adhered to that okay whether whether it was hires philosophy everything about them, right? Even their defensive coordinators when they've had to turn over and they've had coaching turnover, right? They've had a lot of coaching turnover, yep. but think about it. They went from Dave Aranda to Jim Leonard. Did you know that those two guys basically come from the same Dean P style of, of defensive philosophy tree? So it wasn't a big change for their, for their players. They've had different head coaches, but they all came from a similar tree. You know, they had this Wisconsin background, the, the backing of their AD Barry Alvarez Whereas Nebraska, until Scott came along, was just grasping at things. And even Scott is trying to instill something that is a a new age for Nebraska and not necessarily something connected to their history outside of him playing for them. Long-winded answer to tell you that that all you have to do is look inside the division and you understand and see teams that have understood who they are and how they have success and why they have success, and you see teams – that didn't understand it, and Nebraska's constant chase for something different or new or, you know, shiny, bright objects are why they're in the state that they're in. It's going to take a while. Yeah,
0: you know, I totally agree with you. I mean, name another program over the past 16, 17 years that has run the option, the West Coast offense, spread, pro style, and, you know, like – it's just really hard and back
1: back to the spread and back to the
0: spread (laughs) you know I mean it's it's some people think players and and teams are like iPhones you can just like go into the app store and download west coast offense got it okay now you're ready to go it's like it doesn't work like that you know it takes time to get the personnel in and then it takes it takes reps and years and practice to get it right and so as we talk this out you know it's it, it, now the first two years make more sense. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's hard when you're, when it's a revolving door philosophically and from an identity standpoint to settle in. And it's maybe, I think people thought Frost was going to trot in and, you know, he kind of rode in on his white horse, like never fear Nebraska, good times are back. And it just, it was more of a, it was going to be way more of a rebuilding process than I think a lot of people anticipated.
1: They had to do, I mean, think about it. They're they're still trying to just establish footholds in recruiting areas that are hotbeds of recruiting like that's still that's still ongoing and taking place you know scott's trying to use his ties down to florida and, and even some some georgia ties um and, and so like that's that's difficult they also by the way nick during that changed conferences yeah right right you know and and so there, there was so much change that this, this is this is a massive rebuild for nebraska Mm -hmm. They are, this is a foundational change. This is not putting on a new roof, changing the windows, (laughs) slapping a new coat of paint on, on the walls. This is a foundational shift for the Nebraska football program. And you have to give it time and give Scott a lot of patience because it's going to take a couple of cycles of recruits. It's going to take even another year or year and a half or two to get to a point where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. now we have a roster that we feel really good about that can go compete for a division t- championship. I really f- sense that and feel that. And I'm not trying to poo-poo expectations or, or say that they're a bad team or so on and so forth. I just know that when I study their roster for this week, I see massive holes at, at places like outside linebacker. Um, the I think defensive line yeah. is, is an, an issue at this point. You know, they, they need to get better in the, I think, in the running back room, uh, wide receiver. When a captain is a former walk-on, I was one of those guys. I'm not disparaging Warner, but there's a problem with your recruiting pipeline if a walk-on becomes the most influential guy in the room. I'm sorry to say that, right? right? Like there was a problem in in recruiting at Colorado. We had a highly recruited guy leave and transfer, and then all of a sudden two seniors left, and all of a sudden I was the only guy left. That was an issue, (laughs) right? You're not supposed to have walk on start at at quarterback or at wide receiver at Colorado and Nebraska. So I say all those things to just – uh, state clearly where I feel like the program is and and where it can and, and potentially will get headed
0: you know the the big talk around around these parts living in the state of Nebraska has has really been the quarterback battle Joel between Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey and I always kind of rolled my eyes at the idea of uh, th- that there was a quarterback competition but it's real I mean and Adrian Martinez was named the starter by Scott Frost on Monday but I want to I, I want to pick your brain on Martinez because I mean this is a guy that you know 18 months ago was a Heisman candidate heading into 2019 and now he's in the midst of a quarterback battle. When you turn on the tape, and I know you didn't have any games of him last year, but just when when you kind of think about Martinez and and you maybe observe him from afar, what has stood out with you when you watch Martinez, the good and the bad?
1: Um. A great, that's a great, It's a great question. Uh, I saw a guy that was playing. Here's the thing, young players, and I think this crosses sports too. I don't know if you see this in basketball or not, but young players, even really talented ones tend to, because they're trying to fight a learning curve, play within a system. Mm-hmm right? Like they're just trying to execute the details that they're being taught. Like that's the most difficult part of of their existence is learning the system, executing those details, how they're taught. And then inevitably what happens with really talented players is that once they get to a point where they feel like they understand the system really well, they think that they've got to go and make more plays above what the system allows for. Um, And and I saw a little of that with, with Adrian, right? And and so many times it really is as boring as just let the system work. And and I see it all the time that Spencer Rattler is dealing with this at Oklahoma right now. And That's one of the reasons that Lincoln Riley benched him during the Red River game is because it was like, hey, come take a seat and realize that my offense is better than you. Right, right. <laughs> right. You know, like I know that your entire life you were a talented kid and you could run around you know, as a kid and in high school and make plays above the X's and O's, but that's a high school offense. Like this is college football. You can't do that. Even great players have to play within a system. And that's when their ability is maximized. And so I think Adrian had, had a little of that in particular with the hype last season. And then I also just feel like the roster around him wasn't great. The offensive line was not good, mm-hmm. uh, and Nick, and that's got to get fixed. And as a quarterback, there's only so much you can do if your offensive line is is playing poorly. So I think those two factors, more than anything, led to why Adrian struggled a little bit. And, and I would imagine putting him back into a battle makes him go back to the foundation of the offense. Just run the offense. Because that's what you're going to grade out positively on, right? Mm-hmm. Take what the defense gives. It's, if it's a hitch, throw the hitch. Just throw it. I know you might want to throw it down the field, but it's like, the, the offense dictates that you throw the hitch, throw the slant, do this, do that. Now, all of a sudden, the defense dictates that you take a shot. Now take the shot. You know, okay, the play breaks down. Now utilize your legs. Don't try to utilize your legs before you need to. All of those things are, are kind of a natural learning curve uh, for and, – uh, and like I said, I preface this by – really talented players. I never had that problem because I knew I was never going to out-talent anybody on the field. So it was like, I better run this <laughs> offense really well or else we're not going to have a lot of success. Right. But the guys that have talent, in particular physical ability to run around, tend to play outside of the X's and O's once they feel like they have it mastered. And the problem is is that they don't. And if you just run the offense, you tend to have more success than when you try to play outside of it. So being a former quarterback,
0: like how do you – and who knows what things will look like on Saturday and moving forward between Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez. But how do you see the dynamic of playing two quarterbacks or letting a a competition maybe go on for too long? Because there's a fine line there, right? Like I always – and this is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but I always think back to that 2014 Ohio State team that I think the JT Barrett-Cardell Jones thing just went on too long. And I don't think either yeah. guy settled in. I don't think the team ever settled in with who the guy was – but how do you see that being a former quarterback in, in what could unfold for Nebraska?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't I can't stand watching two quarterbacks play unless there is specificity of purpose within the game plan for the other quarterback. That's a huge caveat. If you're just trying to decide and this guy gets a series and that guy gets a series, I think it's awful. I really do. I yeah. think it's awful. Now, having a, a, a battle rage on is, is – healthy at you know to some extent but if you're letting them both run out there and just uh, you know well you okay now it's your series and now it's your series i hate it i absolutely hate it i've seen things work when i said like i said there's specificity of purpose within the game plan for why another quarterback would trot onto the field whether they both stay on the field or whether one comes in and, and does something a little bit different that gives them a different wrinkle within the offense uh so i i'm interested to see how or 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 whether they will Utilize uh, both Luke and Adrian on Saturday. I'm not totally sure. I haven't talked with the coaching staff as of as of yet. And then I would just take a, a step further. I feel like there's really no upside to name Luke the starter now, unless it is abundantly clear in practice that he's the best option. And and the reason is the same reason that Mitch Trubisky was the starter over Nick Foles at the beginning of the Bears season. Because if you move on from Trubisky or in this case Adrian it's really tough to go back to him yeah. right so yep. like well let's say you throw Luke out there and i'm sorry to say it husker fans but kind of to the wolves with the start of this season and the schedule this season what's the return on investment if he struggles well now you've just kind of like ruined the confidence of two guys one got benched and lost a job and the other didn't have any success on the field might as well go with the experience if there's if there's not a clear winner of the battle might as well go with adrian Hopefully it works. Hopefully he plays well. And if not, then you still have a card to play. My, my whole thing would be like, it, it feels like there wouldn't be a card to play. If you're Scott Frost, if you go with Luke now and it doesn't work now, if both see the field, I'll be very interested, like I said, in the in the purpose and the spe- uh, specificity of such for for Luke and his role. I
0: to- I, to- I think you're spot on with that. All right, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about Runza. My friends at Runza Restaurants are offering a special coupon code for my listeners on all Runza sandwich and cinnamon roll online orders at runza.com. You heard that right. Runza sandwich orders. They will actually ship a dozen frozen Runza sandwiches right to your door, whether these are for you or a friend out of Runza territory. This is a game-winning deal. Go to runza.com/ship and enter code NICK at checkout for 15% off Runza sandwich and cinnamon roll online orders. Again, that's code NICK, N-I-C-K, for 15% off Runza sandwich and cinnamon roll orders on Runza.com. This deal is good for online orders at Runza.com only. This is a great deal, guys. That's 15% off Runza and cinnamon roll orders on Runza.com. Code NICK, that's code N-I-C-K, only at Runza.com. And while we're here... Let's talk about Pella windows and doors. You know, even though we're still in the midst of pandemic, Pella can safely make your window and door remodeling dreams come true. Pella is following CDC guidelines and taking safety extremely serious to give you the peace of mind that when you're inside the Pella showroom or Pella is working on your home, everyone is safe. And they are even offering temporary special financing options safety check potential savings check so now is the time sure you've been cooped up in your house realize oh my god my windows need some updating i need a new door well make it happen add value to your home make your home more energy efficient turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality with pellet check them out online pellaomaha.com that's pellaomaha.com back to the podcast You know, it's interesting. You know, you referenced the whole idea of just hey, just run the system, takes take what it gives you. One of the things I don't love about playing two quarterbacks and saying all right, you get the third series, then you're back in the fifth series, is like I knew to to go a basketball a basketball analogy on you. Like when I was, I've been that sixth, seventh, eighth man coming into a game, and sometimes instead of just running the offense, I'm like, you know what, I need to jack a three to try to make a play to get more minutes, when maybe that's not a good shot. And one thing I fear is that both guys feel like, okay, this is my series. I got to go win the job right now on this play right here. This third and five is when I win the job. And you're maybe not taking what it gives you. And so those are the, like, those are the things that will be really interesting to watch play out while Frost handles this. Because once upon a time, Joel, in, in 97, he was pulled. In the Central Florida game, I think it was the third game of the season, because they were they wanted Bobby Newcomb in there, and the 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 fans, I don't think, were in love with Frost, and he kind of got booed then when he came back into the game, but he ultimately took control of the job and then he becomes a legend and wins a national championship. I think those things are in his head where he remembers what it was like as a quarterback, where you don't want to be looking over your shoulder. So it just there's a lot of fascinating things to watch play out with with this quarterback deal.
1: Well, you're, you're spot on in that you don't want a player out there playing for his job rather than just executing the details for the objective of making first downs and creating touchdowns, right? That's your goal as a quarterback. And if you're thinking about anything else while being a quarterback, then you're thinking about the wrong things. So it could not be more spot on in that if, 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 If there is a secondary objective, then you're not going to be as effective as you need to be playing the position. So, uh, you know, it'll be fascinating. I know it'll garner a lot of attention from the fan base to see how it is. And by the way, it's already, I think, a bigger discussion than it than it would normally be because of the ridiculous expectations that the last name of the backup carries. Yes. When your brother is as dynamic and legendary of a college football player and now professional football player as, as Luke's brother is, then everybody just thinks like, Oh, that's the stealing. Well, he's the next Christian. He could be as dynamic as Christian unfair expectations for Luke. They were unfair expectations for Dylan and they settled in the Michigan fan base. And I would just, uh, caution the yeah. nebraska fan base to let luke be luke and not have him measure up against what i deem one of the better college football players i've ever seen and christian and certainly that's played out at the nfl level as well a
0: couple more things i'll let you run joel uh, you, you kind of touched on nebraska's skill and it's interesting i mean they nebraska loses jd spielman to transfer he go he's at tcu right now Wandell robinson is a big time player uh Diedrich Mills, the 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 JUCO transfer who was at Georgia Tech, he came on at the end of last year. But I don't I don't think he's an All Conference type guy. I think he's I think he's good. I don't think he's great. But what they seemed to lack was two years ago they had Stanley Morgan, who was a bigger body deep threat who could extend the defense, take the top off all those cliches. From a like, I almost. I think the loss of Morgan hurt Martinez more than than I think a lot of people realize, and hurt the offense. How challenging is it from a quarterback perspective when you can't extend the field and every you know that back seven? Everybody's kind of pressing the line; they're making things hard for you. What what do you see in that regard in Nebraska's
1: skill? Yeah, I, <laughs> it's so difficult. I, I went through this as a player, my first year as a starter. I think. A lot of Nebraska fans will remember these teams. You know, we had Jeremy Bloom as a wide receiver and um, he wasn't like our number one or number two wide receiver threat. That was a couple of re- really good players that ended up playing in the NFL. It was Derek McCoy and DJ Hackett. But Jeremy was the threat and I could see it every time he was on the field and I went up to the line of scrimmage that the safeties were occupied because we put him in the slot a lot, you know, and, and he could take the top off the defense. He was one of the fastest players I've ever seen on a, on a college football field. And, and so I was under this. Um, world as, as a first year starter that we could do all these things in the middle of the field and throw little skinny posts and and throw the dig route and all this stuff. And that's just what I felt like football was. Remember I had played baseball for a long time. So I just came back and I was like, Oh yeah, man, this is awesome. You know, and, (laughs) (laughs) And then the next year, he, the NCAA, thank you very much, said he was ineligible because he was a skier. Just right. so stupid. Yeah, that but he was ineligible. And everything changed, Nick. I mean, I was like, when did the windows get so tight over the middle of the field? <laughs> right. Like, it, it was tangible, right? And, and so you, you bring up a really good point, and it's something that I think Nebraska will struggle with this year. Is the attention that a safety or um, a defensive backfield can give and sit and squat on the intermediate routes? Because if you don't have the ability to go down the field, you know it, it it really compresses the area that the defense has to defend. And that's why I think it's incumbent on them, whether they have that threat or not, to at least try at times. And that's something that. I remember our teams late in my career. We didn't even try, and it made it really difficult to move the ball. Right. Um, and so, whether they complete them or not, I think that they've got to throw the ball down the field. And and hey, in this day and age, you may get a pass interference call. You know, some mm-hmm. good things can come of that. But I think it's important that they take that that opportunity and and take those shots. With Ohio
0: State, what's impressed you with Ryan Day so far? Uh, I mean, because Lincoln Riley took over for a legend, and I think he's proven his worth. And I think, like, when I think of Lincoln Riley, I think of creative play caller. Like, that's like the first yeah. thing that comes to mind. Like, what help me out with Ryan Day? What, what's what's that first sentence after his name that comes to your mind?
1: Well, he's he's as good of a play caller as as Lincoln Riley. He is a masterful game planner and and play caller, and and I think the evidence is that the the Michigan game with Ohio State. Has become really lopsided since Ryan got there. You know, Mm -hmm. before that, even Urban Meyer, they were in dogfights with Michigan. And Michigan's had, you know, similarly talented teams. But remember, Michigan took that team up there that had won like 10 games in a row. They lost their opening game to to Notre Dame, and then they won 10 games in a row. And they were favored, they were ranked, and Dwayne Haskins threw for a million yards. It was all Ryan Day. Like he, his game plans and play calling uh, are so good, and I'm and I'm impressed by that. But it's not just that. The fact that they've actually increased their prowess in recruiting after Urban left, um, I think, is it says volumes about about Ryan. And just the fact that both of those guys, and Ryan certainly falls into this, um, they are comfortable enough in their own skin to not try to be someone that they're not. Lincoln never tried to be Bob Stoops. Ryan has never tried to be Urban Meyer. Um, Even the successful parts of those guys. It's easy to to sit there with a staff and be like, well, I'm not going to do that when I'm a head coach because none of us like when he does that. That's easy, right? Like (laughs) It's easy to avoid the pitfalls. But the things that you really respected about that guy and you knew were great, it's easy to fall in the pitfall of trying to mimic that. And the team knows it and the coaching staff knows it. You just have to be your own man and and cater to your own strength and Ryan does that incredibly well and I think uh to a larger extent Lincoln has done that incredibly well at at Oklahoma um, um as well. So uh, how does Nebraska
0: make this a game and hang in there because you know in 3 of the last 4 meetings with Ohio State the games for all intents and purposes have been over after the first quarter. I mean it's been done. Yeah. How how does Nebraska make sure that when you and Gus throw it to break at the end of the first quarter that it's not it's not 24 nothing 28 nothing like how does Nebraska hang in there?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, they, they've got to control the run game of Ohio State, right? Like force force this into a drop back passing game. And that's easier said than done because this is one of the best offensive lines in the country. A lot of guys back. Uh, this, this is certainly a, a team that I think is uh, primed to run the ball well. And and I wouldn't categorize Nebraska's front seven as great. They're no. replacing all their defensive line. They're probably not all that great at outside linebacker, but If you're going to slow them down, you've got to take away their run game. And whether that's Trey Sermon or Master Teague or both or the combination of the two, uh, I would start with that. And then offensively, generally, the the teams that have any success against Ohio State do so because of their ability to attack the linebackers and coverage. Okay. So Ohio state runs a very unique style of defense. And it sounds like they're going to continue to run this where they have three corners on the field, one safety and three linebackers. Uh, they did that because they had amazing corners last year. Probably all of them first rounders. Wade comes back this year and he'll be a first round corner on the outside. I think their corners are some of their best players. So why attack those guys? I think attacking the linebackers and coverage is, is what is required from the offense. Uh, FAU with Lane Kiffin did it uh, last year, and I thought that they had a fair amount of success uh, doing that early in the season. Uh, when Penn State was succeeding offensively, they were doing that with Mike Gusecki, Um and, and I think that helps them out tremendously. Uh, when Wisconsin was having success, that's what they were doing. Uh, was utilizing their interior players to attack the linebackers. So I think that that's a blueprint that uh, Nebraska is going to have to utilize. And it's good for them in that respect because they are strong at tight end. It's one of the few, I would say, position groups that they're really stacked at. They've got three guys that they – they really like uh, the Vovalet kid who's a transfer from Rutgers, a couple of other players. By the yeah. way, they're recruiting really well at that position. Yes. But I think the tight end is going to have to be uh, a big factor, in particular attacking those linebackers.
0: Hey, by the way, how many games just – I mean, how do you see – the? it's such an abnormal year. How do you see the playoff and the amount of games being required to get it? You know, I mean, does Ohio State need to play all nine games? I mean, could, could a Pac-12 team even play six games and be in the conversation? How do you see that conversation?
1: Well, it's, it's a great question, and, and remember now, nobody in a position of power, and the playoff committee certainly has power, is going to want to mandate a number of games. You will not hear any specifics about a number of games. You won't hear a hard limit as far as bowl eligibility this year. You won't hear a hard limit as far as the playoff is concerned because they don't want teams fudging COVID test results right. in order to play. They don't want that that pressure on an athletic director or a head coach to have to call a game and postpone a game or cancel a game uh, that would put into conflict postseason potential. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And, and so I, I don't know what that number is, and I think that they will most likely fall back on what I've always hated about the playoff and the committee and the standard. They're just going to fall back on that old adage, we're going to take the four best teams. Um, so I don't, I think Ohio state can play six games and get into the playoff. I think that Oregon might have to play more because uh, they'll put the, the burden of proof on Oregon because they haven't been great in, in recent vintage, uh, although they were pretty good last year. I don't know, man, it's a, it's a huge mess. I will tell you this. I think it's, Almost certain we get an Alabama, Clemson, (laughs) Ohio State, Georgia college football playoff.
0: Seems like it. I would be I would be
1: shocked if that's not the four teams in quick caveat being if Oklahoma State can go undefeated through the Big 12, they'll be in right. They're not going to keep a power five team out of the playoff if they go undefeated and win their conference championship.
0: By the way, last thing, no fans, especially on Saturday. It's going to be bizarre to see an empty Ohio State stadium. You know, nobody at the shoe. Like, Im- how big of an impact? Have you noticed that? I know it's been varying degrees yeah. of the it's amount a of fans. huge advantage
1: for the road team. Yeah. Think about it. I've done three true, like, uh, venues that weren't neutral. I did the Red River game, which is a neutral site. So, in the three times that I've done a game in, in a, you know, college on a ca- campus, Arkansas State beat Kansas State. Yep. Then Kansas State beat OU, then TCU beat Texas, all underdogs, and I think maybe even double-digit under, underdogs, and they all won. So there's no better time, if you're in Nebraska, to play Ohio State than when there's no fans. There. Right. You get to operate with full autonomy on offense, change the snap count, do all those different things that you would do or, or be able to do at home. Uh, and and every single time I've been on campus, there's been an upset. So there you go, Husker fans. Maybe I'm your good luck charm, a buff, a former buff, as your good luck charm. Uh, you're probably like hard pass, thanks, Joel.
0: Hey, man, Joel. Nebraska fans will take any good luck they can get right now. So they will open you with it They'll welcome you with open arms. Okay,
1: they, you're they, exactly, they like right. exactly right. That's exactly they. They will take. You'll, take it, you'll like take, it. It, take it and you'll like it. Take it. Take it and you'll like it.
0: Nebraska. Ohio State. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft on the call on Fox. Hey, Joel, uh, kept you way too long, man. I appreciate your time. Great insight. Have a a great call on Saturday.
1: You got it. All right, bud. Have a great one.
0: All right. My thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better.
1: A Huda Media Production.